On today's show, guess what? The Lakers are really bad. They're really, really bad. How bad are they? What did we learn about the Mavs? And let's take a let's take a look at the standings and see where the Mavs are standing right now. It's our daily look at where the Mavs stand in the playoff race. We'll do that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you're locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the lockdown podcast network thanks for making lockdown maps your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube where you can subscribe to the show shout out to the guy that came up to me during the game and said dude i'm like your biggest fan i was like yeah what's up man how you doing and he goes he looks at me dead in the eyes and looks at me and points and says, you guys are getting a 12,000 subs by the playoffs. And I was like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go. Shout out to him. Came up to me. And joining me today, friend of the pod, been a long time, Jimmy Crowther, a.k.a. All Things Mavs on Twitter. Letting the music ride, Jimmy. How you feeling? I can tell. What hey, you got for me? Any night, any night you put a beat down on the Los Angeles Lakers, you let the music ride. If you're driving back from the AAC, let the music ride. Just pump it all the way through in that traffic that you're probably fighting down on the tollway right now. Man, I'll For tell you everyone what. that was at the game that was there late, I showed up late and it took me a long time. It, it, the shortest time it's ever taken me to get from my house to my seat at the American Airlines was 10 minutes. Total of 10 minutes. It took me 40 minutes to get into there and into my seat. There were so many Lakers fans trying to get in. And then with four minutes left in the game, they all just left at once. And it was hilarious. They held out to the till four minutes left. I'm impressed. I'm impressed that they held out. <laughs> they really long. did. It was really full for a long time in the, in the arena. I was surprised. But you think people pay all that money, all the Lakers games, that the prices go way up. It was a TNT game, national TV. It's like, I guess it's their only chance to see Westbrook. Do what? <laughs> Do what? Exactly. All right. On today's show, we're going to talk about how bad this Lakers team is and, and what it was like seeing them. What's the state of this Lakers team? And then we'll get into a lot of map stuff for sure with Jimmy and get his take on uh, how the maps won this game for, you know, how the maps are playing right now. And then we'll get into, uh, you know, a couple of Luca things and then the standings, of course. Jimmy, how bad is this Lakers team? I mean... The South Bay Lakers coming to Dallas and just I, look. I tweeted this out, and when they said LeBron and AD were going to be out pretty much yesterday, Vogel all but confirmed it yesterday. I I was like, okay, this should be a beatdown, but we've seen Mavs team this Mavs team lose to teams that should be beatdowns in the past in this season. Yeah, they just lost to like OKC and Orlando back-to-back exactly. games this year. So I was a little nervous. I was like, all right, it's kind of a trap game. Maybe you come in and your mindset isn't quite right because you know those big guys aren't playing. But when you see Winyan Gabriel out on the floor guarding Luka, when you see Stanley Johnson out on the floor guarding Luka, who's been fine this year, I guess, but it's still Stanley Johnson, you feel a little bit better about what the Mavs are about to do. Um, The fact that Dwight Howard got played off the floor in the first five minutes of the game <laughs> is absolutely hilarious. The fact that they started the year with DeAndre Jordan, who couldn't stay on the floor, and now Dwight Powell is keeping Dwight Howard from playing more than five minutes, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. And I'm not, I mean, look, LeBron will come back. He'll do what he does. He's been spectacular at 37 years old. I'm not convinced Anthony Davis 
gets this team out of the play in. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't. I don't think they're there. No, and they're not even in the play-in right now. They're the right. 11th seed in the West, right? Like they're, I mean, Anthony Davis may come back. They said LeBron might not come back their next game. But, yeah, th- this team is just – they're in shambles right now. And I don't know if I've ever been – now there's been injuries and all this stuff. Like, you can qualify in so many ways. I don't think anybody listens – I don't think you listen and care about any of those qualifiers for this Lakers team. But for me, I don't know if I've been any more – I don't know if I've been more wrong about a team from preseason – to where they actually ended up ever than this Lakers team. Like, even the Cavs, who were like, I thought were a tanking team, were at the bottom, right. and are now, like, you know, in, in the playoff mix on the on the Eastern Conference side. I thought this Lakers team would at least be able to hold their own, win a bunch of games, and then we'd look at them and say, this is a fraud team that's not going to be able to win in the playoffs. They can't even win these games in the regular season, right? Even the, the 50-point games LeBron puts up, they lose some of these. Westbrook has just been so bad. Yeah, and uh, you know he's fine in this game or whatever, but he just he, he hurts them in so many ways. Like there's just possessions where he just dribble, 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 and pull up from a jumper and just clanks it, and it's from like 10, 12 feet or something like that. I mean that just is not helpful. And then I'm sitting there watching. I, I watched their their huddles really closely. First of all, because I knew they were on national TV, and I know mm-hmm. that they knew they were on national TV. Mm-hmm. First huddle of the game, Westbrook is like yelling the whole time. He's like chirping he's like he's like yeah come on come on it's like Wenyan gabriel austin reeves uh taylor norton tucker sitting down and westbrook standing of course and he's like he's like pointing at all these guys like you 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 we got this we got this we got this and he's like yelling at telling people what to do and then mellow with his hood still up hoodie mellow still like after that after that huddle pulls everybody together and has like this thing where they all put their heads in and all their heads in. And then they're like, he's telling them stuff and Westbrook is agreeing with him. Like, yeah, absolutely. F- yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, going through all this stuff. And it's just like, it's all an act. It's all it is all because it was on national, And then it stopped. Like after that first oh. run where they just got right, here, I'll put up, I'll put this up on, on YouTube. If you can see, this is what the, the Lakers never, never like <laughs> led ever this entire game. That's and then my right favorite about, graph of all time. Right about at the end of the first quarter, I'm just showing it's basically just a lead tracker on NBA.com. Right at the end of the first quarter, the Mavs get up to like a you know 15 point lead. And after that, the huddles and the the cheers were all gone. <laughs> like nobody else, like Westbrook wasn't saying anything in the huddle. Every once in a while he would. But yeah, it was it was very performative. This team, this team is just done. I think they're done with the play-in. I think they don't want to play this. Um after the game, Russell Westbrook was asked by Brad Turner, like, you guys are out of the play-in right now. What needs to change? And Westbrook kind of just batted it back at him. And then he's like, well, what do you think we need to do? And Brad Turner's like, win games, win games. And he gets up and leaves. And then to Russell Westbrook's defense, he, he talked back and forth with them a little bit and they, you know, they exchanged some words and it was fine. He wasn't like mad and stormed off, but it was still like, first of all, I, I, I agree with both sides on this. Like, what is he, what are they supposed to do? They, they stink. Then on Brad Turner's side, he wants at least some answers, right? Give me something, give me something that this team can do. It's so I guess if you're at you were at the game, so you didn't get to see the national TV broadcast. So obviously no. in the TV broadcast, they're talking all about the huddle and they're showing they're showing Russ being coach Westbrook and being the hype up guy. And I mean, there was one that they showed and it was, I think, in the third quarter when I mean, the game's over at that point. They show Westbrook, you know, talking everybody up and Trevor Ariza is like watching the Jumbotron. Like he could not care less about what's happening. I mean, he's been in the league for 35 years at this point. So obviously he like, he like knows what needs to happen, but they can't he was do in the it. 2009 finals. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I, I was the same way preseason. I had them number one. I truly believe that they were just going to come out and veteran leadership and talent was just going to win out. 
obviously not the case. But also, one of the huddles, Chris Haynes broke down. I think I think Chris Haynes was the guy that was there. Mm-hmm. Broke it down. Said that Russ told all the guys, "Hey, it's too easy. If they get into the paint, just put them on their butt." I'm like, you're down 35. What is putting a couple guys on their butt going to do? Like, send them a message? What is Good too easy about? luck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is it worth it for this team to even make the play? And even like, so Anthony Davis may come back. LeBron could still, you know, come back by the end of this year. For that team, is it still worth it for them to make the play in? I mean, you just, you can't waste a, a LeBron year. You got to give them a chance to be competitive. Um, so, Are I they? mean, I mean, they're more competitive at 10 than they are at 11. So, I mean, technically, so play, yes. play and they play the, the Pelicans in, in one game. They just got destroyed by them after being up by 23. And then if they win that game, then they play one of the Clippers with Paul George back now and they, or Minnesota. Or no, they probably play Minnesota because I think Minnesota beats the Clippers. But I, I think they, they're I think they find a way to get past the Pelicans, especially if AD's back, which I'd assume he is by then. And then Minnesota or Clippers, I'm taking I'm taking either of those two teams over the Lakers in that second round of the play-in, honestly. But the fact that they're sitting at 11 right now could not make me happier. And the fact that at this point, <laughs> San Antonio is going to lose their lottery pick. So oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a win-win if you're a Mavs fan. San Antonio could potentially lose their lottery pick, and the Lakers are out of the play-in altogether. I, I mean, it is a joyous day to see what's happening right now in the standing. Now that we're piling on, the, the only teams with the worst record than the Lakers right now Portland, Sacramento, Indiana, OKC, Detroit, Houston, Orlando. That was Indiana, a short. That was a short sentence I just said. I mean, Indiana is the only team on that list. I mean, Portland obviously the Dame stuff changed everything, but like Indiana is yeah. the only team that if at the beginning of the season you told me that like I would have been. I, I I don't know. That's just. I, I mean, that, yeah, I was, that's a I was crazy wrong list. About, I was wrong about that team too. Yeah, I had them pretty high up, but oh well. Sorry, Rick. It's been a weird year. The Mavs have to take advantage. So coming up, we'll talk about how this Mavs team took advantage of this Lakers team. If there's a thing in this win that concerned me, I'm going to see if it concerned Jimmy and maybe concern some of you. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is head to prize picks. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on an entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You don't have to worry about going up against a pool of a bunch of other people or you know, hamstrung by the different like things that you can pick. You get to decide what it is. You get to, de- you get to pick, let's see, tomorrow's games. We have, oh, we have Minnesota versus Toronto. That's a pretty nice game. Carl Anthony Towns, 22 and a half points over-under. Fred Van Vliet, 18 and a half points over-under. Let's say I, I'm feeling good about Cat, and I'm feeling good about Ben Bleat too. I'm going to go over on both. I put down 20 bucks. I can win 40. I put down 50 bucks. I can win a hundred. Put the power play on it. Put down 50 bucks. I can win 150 bucks. It's fun. You can do it on points. You can do it on rebounds, NBA, PGA, you know, college basketball, there's soccer. There's, there's a, um, all kinds of different sports that you can put on in here. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. And if your Prizepicks entry scores a single point, you will get $50 for free using the promo code NBA. That's just for lockdown fans. Check it out. Prizepicks.com. Download the app today. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from your local experts, including me. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jimmy. The Dallas Mavericks, they win this game, and it wasn't just that the Lakers were so bad that they lost this game, right? Like, let's give the Mavericks a little bit of credit. Um, They scored 43 points in the first quarter, 39 points in the second quarter, and a lot of it was because they were hitting threes. First Mm -hmm. In the first half of this game, they were 12 of 23 from three. 
Reggie hit three threes. Luca hit three threes. Uh, Maxi Dinwiddie and Josh Green hit a, hit a three. Dallas Vertanz also hit three threes. And I want to start here. I know that it was like one of those games where, yes, everything was going right for the Mavs. But one of the reasons why is because they were hitting their threes. They ended the game shooting. I think they were like 50% when I stopped paying attention to the stats. <laughs> they ended 43%. They were 50% from three when it ma- when it mattered during the game. Are we worried that this team still just needs threes to win and that's it? If they don't hit their threes, then they're just not as good of a team. I mean, the Minnesota loss is the one that kind of speaks the most to that, right? Like, yes. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So uh, I'm a little better with sayings than Isaac is. I kind of, I can at least keep up a little <laughs> bit there. So I'm sure he would. Shout- <laughs> also, shout out to Reddit Mavs today who, who tried to say count their chickens before they're hatched and he couldn't figure out the saying. Like he kept tweeting it. And I had like three or four people tag me and say, like, Nick will tell you what it is because he always doesn't yeah. tell Isaac. <laughs> I got that one. I was about to say broadside <laughs> of the ocean, but I, that definitely wasn't the right I was thing. Like, That's a good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the shooting definitely scares me. I think the Spencer Dinwiddie facet helps a lot in terms of mm. you have another guy that'll go to the basket. My one concern tonight is, I mean, the Lakers didn't really have a rim protector and Dinwiddie settled for some shots that I didn't love, especially with like Mello was out on the perimeter guarding him a couple times. But like those are moments in, you know, let's say this was the Minnesota game or let's say this was a playoff game where all those shots aren't falling. You're below 30% from three. Those are moments when I want to see Dinwiddie go in and attack the basket. It's definitely a concern that it's, I mean, Jason Kidd said at the beginning of the year, this isn't a team that's going to live and die by the three. They live by it a lot. They have died. They haven't died by it. Died by it. They haven't died. That's right. Whatever. There you go. Now, yeah. now you got the sayings. Now, now I got it now. But they haven't died too much from the three. So it's it's hit or miss. I definitely feel I, better about it with Dinwiddie in there. I have said that saying that Jason Kidd said so many times <laughs> in this podcast this year because I don't think that they fixed it, right? And even right. with adding Dinwiddie, like you said, and with Brunson and, and Luca, like all three of those guys can can get to the rim or score in other ways besides just hitting a three, and it still seems like they struggle when they don't. Isaac made a good point the other day where I said, why does it still feel like they live or die by the three? He says, because it's always there for them. They can always get those threes. Luca yeah. can always generate those threes. He did it in this game. The Mavs were end up, they ended up hitting some of those. And uh, and yeah, it, it, that is what it is. The Mavs can generate them, and so they can they can go for it, and they can they can try it if they want. Um, this team has also been a little bit better this year about making an extra pass, about you know moving the ball a little bit more. There's been more times this year when I've gone when I've wrote down in my notes like, oh, ball movement finally. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past it was literally just Luca and drive, kick, and shoot, and it was just one pass, and that was it for the whole possession. Uh, it's been less of that this year, but I am I am still worried about it, right? And, of course, I'm not going to make a big deal about it with just this Lakers game, but we know right. it's been a thing for this whole season. Yeah, it has been. I mean, I think the other thing that gives me some confidence uh, and something that I've seen, especially since the Porzingis trade, is the off-ball movement, whether it's it's backdoor cuts or it's, I mean, along that, that lower baseline, Josh Green's gotten Josh better at Green, it. Josh Green, yes, always. Dorian Finney-Smith has always been good at it. Bullock has done it a few times, even though I always get kind of worried that he's going to smoke a layup. But, I mean, he makes those. <laughs> he makes the right cuts. And those are a lot of plays that, again, when that three's not falling, that's a Brunson drive left, other guy weak side sneaks into the back door. Same with, I mean, Dinwiddie. Same with Luca. That was Dinwiddie did really well tonight. He passed the ball. Like, when he was, you know, near the end of the game when it was like, Again, it was already over. Dinwiddie was making that extra pass that got open shots and got guys kind of in their rhythm, um, which really excited me. And one of those things that makes me feel better that this team hopefully isn't going to come down to 
you know, if they get in three three straight games in the playoffs and you can't shoot hit a three, that's when you get in trouble. Speaking of not being able to hit a three, Maxi hit a three in this game. <laughs> that's that's one of the the points of emphasis for a lot of people is that if he can't hit threes, if you know Josh Green's not hitting threes, it's a couple. Of the, then all of a sudden you're just hamstrung so much. Luckily, um, Green's gotten a lot better. He hit two mm-hmm. threes in this game. He's actually shot thirty eight percent from three since um, in the last twenty five games or so. Why that's awesome. The, the Josh Green has gotten there. So you, you're losing Maxi, but you're getting Josh Green a little bit. And uh, and the Mavs got Davis Bertans hit four of his five threes in this game too. I'm he's gonna have. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on record because I've I've tend, have hinted at this. He hmm. will have a Paja run in this playoffs. Okay. Page, remember Page, Remember Paja in 2011. Of course. Where he he had that he had that game that just you know basically won the game for the Mavs. Davis will have a game like that. He'll have a run in in a game where he'll hit a bunch of threes and he'll just change it for the Mavs. I'm feeling it. I'm with you. I mean. That can happen the night, like the night that he had tonight. I mean, he gets those open looks. I mean, just because he plays with Luca, uh, he plays with Brunson, he plays with Dinwiddie. Like, he just has to get to his spots. I mean, he says that after every post game, every time he plays, he's like, "It's simple. I just have to be open." Um, so hopefully, those couple of games I love, of rest. I love tonight when he said, "It's simple here. I just have yeah. to get to a spot <laughs> yeah. and then get open." It's like as opposed to what Davis like say it. Yeah, <laughs> say he's it got a quick, I mean, he's got a quick trigger. We all know that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I love what I've seen from Josh Green's shot, even though his is the opposite of a quick trip. It's like loading a musket; takes forever to get that shot off. Um, and then it's a good Maxie, thing he's always super wide open when he takes yeah. them, though. And then Maxi, I mean, shot 25 percent from three tonight. That's getting the uh, average over the last few games up. He hit uh, one. Believe it or he not, he hit one. <laughs> so and he and he went coast to coast on a buzzer beater. So oh, that one at. at it was at the end of the first quarter or halftime. Yeah. It was uh, it was amazing. That was that yeah. Was, you're like, oh, he's gonna pull up. Nope, he's just going for it. He's like, why well, take a three when you know? Yeah, layup but will also, do trick. I mean, Reggie Bullock in this stretch, just because I mean, he was in a little slump before he missed games for personal reasons, and then he's come back and is just turning it back on right before the playoffs come up, and it's just you just hope that heater stays on because he when he's on this team is just. It just looks so different because he, I mean, he hit some deep threes. Again, he's another guy with a quick trigger. He'll take a lot in fast break situations that might make you kind of put your head in your hands sometimes. But for the most part, I mean, five of eight tonight, that's that's just what you need. That's what you signed him for. That and in, defense. The pl- in the playoffs, we mentioned this the other day, the rotation shrinks. And so then right. all of a sudden you're, it's, it's good and bad. You're, you're, you're only worried about a couple of guys, right? It's just Dorian Bullock, Maxi. Josh Green maybe a little bit. Like, you're just not worried about as many guys hitting threes. But then also those guys do have to hit threes because if one of those guys isn't, then it stands out a lot. Um, Bullock, by the way, I feel like I've seen more games where he just goes off from three at home this season. And I went and looked it up. And there's this notion that role players shoot better at home. Bullock this year for the whole year. And remember, at the beginning of the year, he shot terribly. And we we didn't know if he could hit a three at the beginning of the season. There was When Theo Pinson was on a 10-day, there were people (laughs) – me saying that he was the best North Carolina player on the Mavericks. So <laughs> I still think he's the best North Carolina player on the Mavericks just because we, we love what he brings of, more stuff on the bench sometimes than players yeah. do that are playing a little salsa action tonight. <laughs> uh, Bullock on the road this year, 32% from three at home, 37% from three. Wow. 
that's a that's a big difference considering how bad he was even at the beginning of the season. Like he has been absolutely on fire at home. I think that's going to matter. The Mavs are going to have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, as of right now, I mean, we're, yeah, 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 right. Fingers crossed on that one. But uh, at this point, they would have home court, and so the Mavs may need those extra games. And to have those home games for a guy like Bullock could be huge for hitting threes. It's been the biggest problem for the Mavs on offense, I think. And if if that uh, holds up. If that percentage holds up in the playoffs, I think the Mavs are good. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, do you think I, I got to ask? Because Bertans, I mean, he's consistently playing like 15 minutes when he's healthy. It seems like 12 to 15. Do you think he ha- he's playing regularly in the playoffs, or do you think it's a on need basis? Like you just, I mean, nothing's falling kind of thing. I think it's a matchup depend. I mean, it's it's going to be. It's going to depend on who they're playing against, who he can play, who he can play against. Cause he's kind of been like him and Maxi are the backup bigs. Right. And so if you're playing against like Denver and Jokic, they'll probably need Marquise Chris to play those minutes instead yeah. to have that big body. But if you're playing, I don't know who, who like if you're playing the Warriors, I think Davis can play in that matchup. There's just not as many play. There's not as many guys that can just attack him in that. If you're playing the jazz, I think he can play in that matchup too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but want probably him out not there. that one. I don't want him out there more than 15 minutes, but I i mean, just to get a couple shots off and get in some rhythm would be, I think, a, a huge burst every once in a while and a good breather for other guys. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, him and Josh Green. Him and Josh Green and Marquise Chris, I think, will kind of like rotate. We'll see. And maybe Ster- maybe Sterling Brown. I know there's like several people just fainted out there. <laughs> Sterling Brown getting minutes in the playoffs. Uh, do we want Brandon Knight, uh, new, newest 10-day, returning to the Mavs, getting minutes over uh, Sterling Brown, if that's, yeah. if, they, if he's still on the team? That the Mavs are still getting these hardship 10-days is wild to me. But coming up, let's talk about that briefly. Let's talk about Luka Doncic and his triple doubles. This stat blew me away today, and I've watched every minute of Luka's career in the NBA. This stat blew me away. I'll tell you about that, talk about the standings and more. Coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. I don't have any wrappers near me because I didn't eat any today. But believe me, they're great. I just ordered the puffs. Have you tried them yet? They're very good. They're really good. The, the churro puff bar is incredible. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar, covered in 100% chocolate, marshmallow in the middle, and that little churro flavor. Mmm. I love it. I love it. I also ordered the, uh, there's a new like brownie batter puff. I'm really excited to try that one. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for that one to show up. If you want to try some built bars, you can go ahead and get a mixed box. That's what I would recommend because everybody likes different kinds of flavors. Check that out and use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your entire order at built.com. All right, Jimmy. Luka Doncic is incredible. An incredible basketball player. There were times in this game that he was just playing with the Lakers. Like, let's just see. Honestly, I feel like there are stretches in this game where he said, how far can I make a Lakers player fall backwards before <laughs> I step back and hit a three? Like, how how much of a distance can I separate myself between the defender before I take a three? Because it just seemed like three or four possessions in a row, he was just knocking it back. And the whole crowd at the AAC was like, <gasps> you can just hear, like, the oxygen just leave the room. And, uh, and he missed some of them, but then he hit a couple. But Luka Doncic had a triple-double in this game. With four minutes left in the third quarter, he finishes the game, 34 points, 12 boards, 12 assists. Luka is now fifth all-time in triple doubles. 
He tied Wilt Chamberlain for Wilt Chamberlain for fifth most triple doubles in NBA history. That absolutely blew me away because it just seems like it hasn't been that long for Luca. Seems like more people should have had triple doubles by now. But no, fifth in NBA history. I had to go back and check Mavs PR. I had to make sure it was the right handle. I had to make sure it was like not a fake handle that somebody was saying. It's in, that's in, that's, that was insane to me. I mean, and he's insane. That's what he is. Uh, I, yeah, he's just so fun to watch, man. And it just it never gets old because every time he just shakes and bakes and oh my gosh, the one and one he had at the like near the end of the game where he like got put on his butt and like it was a continuation call. Every everything he does <laughs> is just spectacular and insane. And the fact that the twelve assists, I mean, people want to stupid people want to say you know when he's hunting these assists or hunting the rebounds. They all come in the flow of the game. Like the, he had five in the first quarter, I'm pretty sure. And it was all just lobs to Dwight Powell over Dwight Howard's head. Um, he hey, just, how, about, how about this for all those people? He is the flow of the game. Exactly. Like he, it, it flows through him. Like that is how the Mavs ebb and flow. And like, yeah, you, of course you want the, like, oh, let's all share the ball, move the ball around. And this, you know, the stuff that we see when Luca is off the court. Um, but like, you still want the ball in Luca's hands and him making decisions because that's better than most of the other things you're going to get from ball movement. Every single time. Um, I just I feel bad for Stanley Johnson and Wendy and Gabriel both getting switched out on two. Actually, Stanley Johnson was tasked with him, and uh, Luca generated the first 13 points of the game with Stanley <laughs> Johnson guarding him. So, And that was uh, their that, best. That was the Lakers' best chance. They threw Westbrook on him after that. Yeah, that was hilarious. And then Westbrook got subbed out for DJ Augustine. No thanks to you uh, for putting DJ Augustine in the game. <laughs> Tweeted it out, and all of a sudden he comes in, hits his first three, first and only three shots of the game. Yeah, like like six minutes into the first quarter, I was like, when when will the Lakers unleash DJ Augustine? Like notable, known Mavs killer. He comes in the game like two minutes after I say that, and he hits two threes in a row. <laughs> but I mean, there's really there's really nothing more I can say about Luca that isn't already said. Uh, the po- one positive tonight that it's not going to get talked about six of seven on free throws. Mm. I mean, he's, he's still getting fouled. He's always going to get. The, he should be getting those calls. Uh, highest plus minus in the box score plus twenty one, which is absolutely ridiculous for the Mavs. So I mean, everything he does, he's just like you said, he is the offense, and this team is going to go as far as he takes them. As as good as they've gotten, as as better as they have as much as they have improved around him it's still up to, up to him and he looks like he's 100 percent ready for the playoffs and ready to play in front of the home crowd for the most part i oh, mean he's I ready think for that he thrives off of that i mean i know a lot of players love talking about how they love to silence crowds and like they like to hit the, i think luca feeds way more off of the energy of people in the aac um so hopefully we pack those games out and we get that home court advantage which looking pretty nice right now luca also showed up to the arena looking like this today. If you're, watch, if you're watching on, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Luca at, at, coming to the arena, and he had on Josh Green's Australia jersey, and he had like this knit like like cap on, and he pulled it over his face as to like hide his face so he wouldn't have to be seen in it. But he, this was on the Mavs. It was it was on the Mavs Instagram. I don't think it's there anymore for some reason. Um, I went back and tried to look at it, but I just found this on Twitter. He's wearing Josh Green's jersey. This has to be a bet he lost, right? Someone said that. Someone tweeted that and said, oh, I think Luca ended up losing that bet. They said that bet. I don't know what that bet was. So apparently something happened that we didn't know about. Well, but- we know that Australia beat them in the in like Australia beat them in the um or Australia got a medal in, in the Olympics right. and, and Slovenia didn't. 
And so maybe he, they bet on that. And then Josh Green waited until a TNT game playing the Lakers <laughs> to pay it off. That would be that would be a genius move, like 4D chess move for Josh Green. Like, hey, how about the most visible you will be? Like TNT game against the Lakers. Show up in my jersey. That's a veteran move by a second-year player <laughs> right there. That's what that is. Uh, Josh Green, though, good game, 12 points. So maybe some of that Luka Magic rubbed off on him. I'm loving what I'm seeing from from Josh Green, especially if he can hit threes, especially if he can, um, especially if, you know, if he can hit those threes, if he, his passes continue to be good, um, he's just he's just helping this team out. Play 20 minutes in this game. I love that he's gotten more time under Jason Kidd, and I love that. I feel like Dob, I feel like not Dobbs. I feel like Josh Green has been the embodiment of Jason Kidd's empowering everybody, right? And it's just such a difference. There's that story from from uh, Brad Townsend that came out about about Luca and Jason Kidd and their relationship and how how different it's been and how Jason Kidd's more of an empowering coach than what than what even than what Carlisle was and uh, I think Josh Green's the embodiment of that. Yeah, I think he definitely is. I think another guy that's really thrived off of it is Dorian Finney-Smith. I think in the beginning of I mean Dorian's always kind of just gradually improved. We've seen that, but I mean I remember in the beginning of the year with Jay Kidd. Uh, Dorian was like running some post-ups. He was running some of his own offense. I mean, that was like early and I was like, crap, this player empowerment is going to suck. That was the the first game, right? The Atlanta game where they ran like three or four straight post-ups against Trey Young. And yeah, that was where I was like, oh gosh, this is what player empowerment is going to look like. But now it's, it's really flowed into this. Okay. Dorian can bring the ball up sometimes. I mean, he's just going to find Luca or whoever eventually, but he can do some stuff. And that's the same with Josh green. He finds those guys and he's given that freedom to make mistakes, but those mistakes were made so much earlier in the season that it's paying off now. And now they are guys that can contribute to winning basketball. Uh, we are we recorded this a little too early. The Clippers <laughs> just made it a five point game against oh the, the Jazz. By the way, they were down like twenty five or something like that. There's still five minutes left in that game, so we don't know the ending of that game yet. But they were getting at, smacked when we they, started this recording. They were getting destroyed, and we we're like, "Oh, there's no way." Slapped. Uh, Sorry, but they of were course, slapped. But, but of course, <laughs> the Clippers, the way that they do, they came back on them, uh, and we hope they win. But as the standings look right now, the Mavericks are just one game back from the Golden State Warriors. Just one, and there's not many games left. But Jimmy, how are you feeling about the Mavs' chances to take the number three seed? They're going to be the number three seed going into the playoffs. Calling it. Cleveland, no Evan Mobley, no Jared Allen, obviously no Colin Sexton. Yep. Uh, also, no uh, Rajon Rondo. That's a big loss for those we Cleveland like Cavaliers. We're good, we're good with that. And then Golden State going up against Phoenix. Uh, yep. So. If Phoenix is playing everybody, which I don't, I don't think they're resting anybody. I think they're going in for it. That I've seen. That three seed's going to be looking pretty. And then the Mavs will have that. Maybe if the Clippers can help the Mavs out tonight, you guys will know that by the time you're listening to this. But uh, the Mavs are only uh, they're a game and a half above the the map the Jazz right now. But if the Clippers do win this game, then uh, they'll be two games up, which is a good cut. This is a nice cushion. Um, for home court advantage that we were talking about earlier. Do you think home court advantage is necessary against the Jazz? I've been asking everybody this. I think it's necessary against the Jazz and the Nuggets, which I think at this point you kind of have – I don't know. I, I mean, they're still two like games two, up on the Jazz. Two it's not impossible. On, yeah, it's not impossible. But, I mean, Denver, you're playing in the high altitude that everybody always talks mm. about. I don't want to do that. Utah is just a bad city, and it's hostile. So I don't want to play – I don't want to play there either. Um <laughs> So I think either of those two teams, if that's who you end up with, you want, I mean, obviously you want home court advantage no matter who you play, but especially those two teams in the West. I love the reference. 
I love the reference. Utah. Utah's a bad city. Shout out to my boss who lives in the <laughs> city of Utah. <laughs> Sorry, David Locke. I, I don't work here. I don't work here. I'm just a guest. <laughs> what is it? Retweets are not endorsements. Guest appearances are not, endo- are not endorsements. There you go. There you go. <laughs> The three seed though is wild to me because then they'd have to play the Nuggets. And this whole this whole time, I feel like we've been we've been thinking about basically just the Jazz as the matchup. But what, how would you feel going up against the Nuggets? Uh, I'm picking the Mavs either way, uh, but I would rather. I'm as, still as the guy that runs all things Mavs. I would expect. I mean, would you, I was gonna say you expect anything less? I don't think I've ever not picked the Mavs in a playoff series, uh, like my entire life. So, but I've always wanted Utah. I'm sticking with Utah. I, I just think that team is tired of playing with each other. I think they're tired of playing for Quinn Snyder. Um, I think that is a team that I want to play against. But the argument for Denver makes a lot of sense too, uh, because if it's just Jokic, you just clobber him and make uh, Isaac Isaac's favorite player, Austin Rivers, beat you in a seven-game series, <laughs> uh, which, so <laughs> which I'm fine with. Um, so either way, but I, I slightly prefer Utah over Denver right now. Yeah, David Locke, I was listening to Locked on Jazz today, and he made the analogy of like the Jazz were like a, a a kid in high school in junior year that just tried their ass off to try and get their grades up and try to be the number one kid in the class, and then they got COVID like the last stretch of the year, and then they, <laughs> they like took this test and they got a bad score on the test, and then everybody made fun of them for their test scores. So then they got this tutor that just like kept – riding them and riding them and trying to get them to be a better team. And then the next year they're like, well, I tried my best and I still couldn't do it. So why would I listen to this tutor? And why would I try it again? That's how he he described basically Quinn Snyder and their relationship. And I was like, Oh boy. Wow. Stuff is happening. Stuff is happening in Utah. But I know a lot of people want to see the jazz. I think the nuggets are a worse team, even though Jokic is incredible. And yes, he's going to take it up to another level. They're just missing so many guys. I mean, if Murray's back, where do you stand? I mean, I've been, I, I said that for the first like three months of the season. And then about a month ago, I started saying, it's just not enough time. Like he's literally yeah. not played, right? So what yeah. state is he going to come back in? I almost would rather him come back now and force some stuff and miss a whole yeah. bunch of shots. They're also not playing in the bubble anymore, which is probably going to be a little different for Jamal Murray. That's when we saw him really go off. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, too. We saw him really go off in the bubble. We've seen Luca go off in bubble playoffs and non bubble playoffs. So, right. I think I think that's a little bit different, but um, yeah. So that's where they stand. <laughs> I tried to filibuster long enough. There's there's like four minutes left in this game, and it's a three point game. Oh. <laughs> I know, like fifty five seconds passed in game time from the time we first talked about it to now. It was like there, there, there nothing's happening. I guys, I know that this is already happened by the time you're listening. It was a twenty five point game, and now it's three. And I just want to see either way, uh, the Mavs will still be on top. They'll still be in the yeah. four seed. And it doesn't change anything. Paul George has returned for the Clippers now. I don't think that changes anything for the Mavs because they are the eighth seed. They could at best get the seventh seed and play the the Grizzlies. Grizzlies or Grizzlies versus Clippers with Paul George. Would you, would that change your opinion on that series? Uh, no. Honestly, no. I, I st- I'm still no. picking Memphis. I love how they're playing without Jaw, and I mean, I I don't love it as a team that's probably gonna have to play them or potentially would have to play them uh yeah. but I, I i'd still pick them over the clippers at this point yeah i, I think i would too paul i'm not sure how good paul george is gonna look he's got to get back defensively are you picking and, the clippers uh, over minnesota for sure in re- in the 
No, no, not not okay. right now. I'm just saying that at, at best it they okay, could get okay. they could get number two, or they could get number number seven, and then they play the Grizzlies, and that's like that's like their best chance to get out of that. And then yeah. maybe the Mavs would play them in like round they would play them in round two after that. Like, yeah, that's the only way that it affect. That's the only way it affects the Mavs. Was my point on that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Lakers are awful. The Mavs are playing well. Still worried about the three, but we think there are signs that they can hold it up. And then the Mavs are sitting in the driver's seat right now to get the third seed. And we'll be back tomorrow with a game against against the Cavs. Mavs continue to move up. Go follow Jimmy at All Things Mavs. You probably are because if you're a Mavs fan, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>